Welcome to Wolf Den's Dogs in the Den show, your weekly insight into the fastest sport on four legs. I am R.I. This is JC, my co-host. JC, we've spent a bit of time over the last few weeks trying to pull a show together around the great game of greyhound racing. We've come up with something we think is pretty cool. Basically, what it's going to be is every week we're going to come on and we're going to talk about the biggest races that happen on the weekend just gone past, the biggest races coming up in the next week or so ahead. We're going to get a set of tips from JC. Um, bit, bit like the Saturday set, like we do each week around horse racing. On the topic of horse racing, a, the Den is primarily a horse racing community, but there are a lot of people who are passionate about the dogs. There's a lot of people who are very good judges of the dogs. Um, so the people who probably don't know as much about dog racing as they'd like to, I'm one of those people, we need to educate them up pretty quickly. So some of the things we talk about in this show and a few of the shows going forward might be a little bit elementary for some people out there, but hang with us. We will get up to your level pretty quickly. Um, every week we're going to try and get guests to come in and give us great insight. And today we are, we've got off to a cracking start in terms of guests. None better. We've got Tim Newbold who um, is, was the main race caller at Wenny Park for a long time. You now work at Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Do you want to just give us a quick idea of your background and um, your time in dog racing? Yeah, g'day, Rich, Jase. Um, pleasure to be on the show. Um, yeah, I've been in Greyhound, I've been in racing all three codes all my life. I began going to the harness or the trots in Newcastle, born and bred in Newcastle back in when I was five years of age. I'm mid-40s now. So I've gone through all codes, harness, greyhounds, thoroughbreds, punted on all of them too. But yep. um Work-wise, I, I got into calling, greyhound calling when I was 17, 18, just punching around Newcastle on the Central Coast, uh, doing the odd meeting on a casual basis. And then uh, I was working for Sky, Sky Sports Radio, and then Sky Racing. And then in 2014, when the great man Paul Ambrosoli uh, retired, I was in the right place at the right time working for Sky. I uh, got the call up for that gig. Uh, from 2014 through to 2021, mm -hmm. uh, the Metro Caller here in New South Wales. It was a great time. And then a couple of years ago, I got approached by Graham Race in New South Wales to join the team there in an in a, uh, administrative role, blended mm. in with a bit of media. Yep. Uh, in basically a, a club engagement manager, my role is. And I work across sort of operations in the racing and, and club sort of area. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a different couple of years going back into administration because I was in a, in admin in racing back in, you know, in my mid-20s. So mm. I sort of went back to where it started. But, um, yeah, it was a great time. I love calling. I, you know, I did it for years and years. Uh, haven't called a race now for a little over two and a half years, which is a bit strange. But, um, yeah, it's it was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I worked on, you know, uh, early days in the late 2000s. I was producing... Um, the race day program with, for Greg Radley on, on 2KY, Sky Sports Radio, mm. doing the thoroughbreds back then. I loved that. That was a great gig. But, yeah, so I've landed back in admin now and uh, just punching away, to be honest. Unreal. And so you've had, you, you bet on the dogs a lot in, in years gone by. And what were some of the principles and processes that you can share with people watching this around what they can look for um, in terms of betting on the dogs and stuff to help them find winners, basically? Look, I've always primarily tried to find the leaders. Leaders win the majority of greyhound races. So the box draw is ultra important, but not just the box draw. You've got to look at their box speed and their traits out of the boxes. Mm -hmm. You might draw box four and you look and go, oh, geez, awkwardly drawn. But then when you get into the nitty gritty and you do the replays and box five might be a wide runner, 
box three might be a railer. We're all going to get plenty of room to move in the first 40 or 50 metres, which is the most important part of a greyhound race, in my view. Mm. Uh, if you've got the speed to get across and lead, well, you're halfway home, basically. So I've always tried to find the leader at the first turn, get a speed map then, and then the stronger greyhounds in the race, you try and work out where they're going to land on the map. Now, for example, if they've drawn box three and you're a slow beginner, no pace. Well, if you're back on the, if you're over on the rails at the first turn and there's four or five leaders, they might jostle or come together. Well, you're going to get a beautiful run through on the first turn. So that's how I've always, I've looked for the leaders and then try and work out where the stronger dogs in the race are going to land. And then you've just got to work it out from that point. Yeah. Um, that's how, I, I, I don't think it's rocket science. Mm. Um, the vision available in this day and age, <laughs> punning on the greyhounds is great. Here in New South Wales, I'm not, I'm not sure about all the other states, but you've got uh, front-on vision out of the boxes for all tracks in New South Wales. And that's Wales. a huge advantage, isn't oh, it? Because you can massive. straight away, yeah. And we can actually probably touch on a little bit later when we talk about the futurity. You'll see in that particular race how they were drawn and one particular greyhound got a beautiful run. Didn't win the race, but was drawn to get a great run. And a lot of the smart punters knew that because she was backed off the map. Mm. Went up seven or eight dollars, which was the wrong price mm. to start with, but was into 250 or 280 or thereabouts. So uh, you've got to look at where they're going to land. Speed map, ultra important. Yeah. I think box one is overplayed a lot in greyhound yes. racing, mm. in my view. Yeah, a bit um, like inside barriers in horse racing. Yeah, 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 everyone wants that inside barrier, but the market overbets it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a big case uh, at Wendy Park, in particular box <clears> one. Mm. I've seen a lot of good beginners in greyhound racing bomb the jump from box number one. Mm. Uh, I don't know what it is. I just can't put my finger on what it actually is. But uh, I think as a punt, if you're going to get into greyhound racing, don't overplay box one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Jace, do you want to add more into that? Your principles yeah. and processes, you're much more active with your betting. Um, on the den. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what, what are your principles and processes? Yeah, I just want to touch on that box one theory. Um, the great trainer down in Tasmania, Ted Medhurst, which Tim would obviously know, um, he's always told me box one, especially at Hobart, they can really, for whatever reason, just dive towards the rail and they're going in like a, an, an angle whereas the other dogs that are drawn slightly off the track, they're just running in a straight line and that can sort of lose um, a bit of momentum for those dogs. And not just that, even if you look at the statistics across most of the tracks, box one normally has the highest win rate or the second highest win rate, but the place rate is often the lowest and that's simply because they don't get into – a leading position they get crossed and when you get crossed you're, you're in a world of pain more often than not um in this game but to touch base on i guess my punting principles and processes uh much the same to tim i keep things as simple as i can i generally have a few desktops open up um i'll rely heavily on sectionals and times um whereas horse racing i think you can rely on your eye a little bit more in ratings mm-hmm. um i'll definitely obviously same as tim watch what the dogs do out of the boxes what their traits are um, find the leader, obviously. And it's a bit difficult to map the, the second half of the race um, just because some dogs that are slow beginners drawn wide might not be able to find the position you would like them to. But it's just about finding the dog that's the class run of the race who's going to get a clear run and hopefully that's in the front. Um, and then the other thing for me is just looking at their overall record um, to get a bit of an indicator to, to see how, I guess, genuine they are. There's a few dogs out there that they... They tend to run their best against good opposition, but then when they verse slightly worse opposition, they can run to that. So they just sort of run to right. – they run, run to, to what's the in front of them, yeah. which is called a, a leader chaser, yeah. um, as most punters out there would know. And 
normally those dogs would have about 40 starts for two or three wins and 15 seconds next to their name. So yeah. there's plenty of them out there in this day and age, unfortunately. And when you said you, you get the sectionals and um, Tim talked about watching replays, where's the best place to go for that? Would that be? The dogs.com.au. I pretty much on it every single day of my yeah. life um, for the last three or four years. Um, and then with the replays, I just normally stick to the jurisdiction. Um, I focus a lot on Tasmania. Um, so, yeah, Racing Tasmania have a brilliant site. They have their three replays. Um, they have their overall replay. Then they have a, a head-on and a, and a back um, section replay and they have them all just individual, um, whereas some other sites you've got to scroll through and wait for it to load and, mm. and whatnot, which is a bit frustrating, but it is what it is. Can't complain too much. I'm sure it's a lot more information than what um, either of you guys had when you were growing up. Same age as me, punting. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got one more question for both of you. So back in the day when you used to like a bet on the Greyhounds, did you try and price them or did you find that too hard? Yeah, no, I did. I used to, uh, you know, try and do my best as far as pricing was concerned. But, you know, I'd have a price in my mind. If I if I come up with one particular dog, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I if three or four dollars, you know, say if it's three dollars. A lot of the time I was finding when I was punting at the end, I might have had it three dollars, and they've gone up two dollars, two twenty. Like mm-hmm. they were really being mm-hmm. found hard in the market, and I, I think that was due to um, there was no edge anymore because all the information was out there for mm. punters. The, 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 what we've got in this day and age compared to twenty years yeah. ago is unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, I did. I did try and do markets. Uh, I was a form analyst for Greyhound Racing New South Wales for oh seven, eight, nine years there um, a little while back, and I was doing markets. Uh, then, uh, but I was doing markets too. I think we, were, they, they, we had to do it for about between 120 to 130%. So, yeah, yeah it wasn't big. I wasn't huge on markets punting on the races I was punting on. But mm. um, I would have a, have a price in my mind, which would be rock bottom, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which I'd take, you know, cool. which I wouldn't. And you know. what are you doing these days, Jase? Do you try and price dogs? Yeah, I don't price dogs essentially. It's more so just having an idea of what's going to – I guess I like sort of list dogs like rank them, rank them. Yeah. yeah. EG like that dog should be favorite. That dog should be second favorite. That dog's got no hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just have a price in my mind. You know, if I think a dog, you know, looks should be about two fifty three dollars then, you know, if it's, it's over that or similar to that, I'll take that. But as Tim said, more often than not in this day and age, you just 90% of the time it's, it's under the odds you're happy to take. Um, you just sort of got to let them go through to the keeper. But I think for me, the biggest edge I find is, um, maybe not the same as most people, but place betting mm-hmm. um, and trying to identify those leader chasers. Um, there's, you know, there's a few going around Launceston today. Um, they often go up around that even money or so to win in a, in a week of fifth grade or whatever it might be. Um, and they don't get the job done and the, you see their SP slowly drift out and then you could take, you know, anywhere from eighty to maybe even six to four um, for them just to run a place in a, mm-hmm. in a harder race. But that's when they tend to run their best. So... Mm-hmm. That's where I sort of find my edges and also in races that have very limited form. I think that's when you have to use your imagination a bit and that's when you can get good odds as a punter or perceived good odds, whereas the free-for-all races in city class, you just can't find an edge on them really. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's smarter people out there than me that are mm-hmm. doing form probably a bit earlier than me and mm-hmm. getting on the markets a lot earlier than me too. So mm-hmm. just can't beat them, unfortunately. Awesome. All right, so why don't we get into our review of, of last weekend's racing. And, Tim, one of the biggest meetings of the year was at Wentworth Park mm. on Saturday night, the Paws of Thunder. There was three Group 1s. If we look at those three Group 1s, we'll start with the Paws of Thunder. And before we do, can you just give us an idea of the conditions of that of, to gain entry into that race, the Paws of Thunder, what dogs it's open to and stuff? Yeah, open all aged. 
greyhounds, a bit like in thoroughbred terms, wait for age, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the older greyhounds where, uh, you know, there are races run on the calendar, which we will talk about a little later, which are age-restricted, but this is open to all comers. So basically you're hoping to get the best greyhounds in the country mm. um, to these type of races. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year probably the pause of thunder was a little low uh, as far as nominations were concerned. Um, and a few of the big guns all around the country didn't come up. Um, mm-hmm. 75000 of the winner. Uh, there's so many races spread all around the country at the moment worth mm. good money to get interstaters to come to, you know, up to Sydney for a two-week series, you know, it, they're not going to come. So, mm. you know, that that's something which, you know, Grain Racing New South Wales might review uh, yeah. and look at it uh, into the future. But, yeah, so it's basically just open-aged, um, pretty much hoping to get the best greyhounds in the country. Yeah, um, cool. Over the 520 metres. Yeah, 520 metres. All right, why don't we watch it and pl- feel free to talk over the top. So Dutch Riot obviously won it. Jumps from the, the one box, obviously. Yeah, he showed that he's got a great turn of speed. He's actually unbeaten since resuming from a break and it looks to have been the making of him. Uh, he broke the Warnable track record a couple of runs ago and then he came to came to Sydney and he trialled 29.52. Mm-hmm. So they did the right thing. They came up and trialled at the track before the Pools of Thunder heats and then he was brilliant winning his heat in similar time. And then he came up with box one, which was ideal, um, and he nailed the jump. When you're nailing the jump in those races and generally all of the greyhounds can run near enough to, you know, similar times in group one races. Mm. You're hard to run down. Yes. You're running 29.52. There's not too many greyhounds run 29.50 on at Wentworth Park and get run down. Yeah. You know, uh, so he basically, it was basically all over uh, uh, after 20 or 30 metres. He jumped mm. cleanly, just got that fresh air to get mobile and, and, and yeah, it was a good night nurse. Yeah. And do you know what the track record is at um, Wentworth Park? Yeah, 29.07, 29.07. Shaky right, so- jakey. Yeah, okay, yeah. and so there's 0.4 of a second outside there. Yeah, yeah, to, to he, yeah, he, look, that, that record will never be broke. Right, it was a, was it a, was it a there was oh, wind, like yeah, a nah, well, tailwind? He, he was a freakish animal. He only had the one run, shaky jakey, and was on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> in a heat of a maiden series. Yeah. Um, he come out and the, 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 the reports going into the series was a rocket and, uh, yeah, he just blew them away in fear of opposition. Number six. Set and ready, racing, Shaky Jackie, but get on terms quickly away, Cosmic Barbie passenger. Shaky Jackie quickly shook them off and raced clear. Next is Ada Mary, remember boss, and Emily Sweet. Into the back they go. Shaky Jackie got away, led by 10 over passenger. The question here is, is whether the others are going to be able to stay in touch. In third place, Emily Sweet, remember Ross, Cosmic Barbie. Further back was Tautology and Ada Mary coming to the corner, and this is nearly 20 in front. It's well clear, Shaky Jake, and Shaky Jakey runs to the line to win by yeah, I'd say 20 lengths. Make it about 21 and a half for, for, for good luck. And the time for the... Ge- oh, my goodness me. Well, hang fire for the time. Hang fire for the time. The record here at Wentworth Park. The track record. I've got to just make absolutely certain of the track record. is 29.27. This has run 29.07. This has run 29.07. 
running that time and it'll be, never be broken. Yeah. They've run 29, 22, 29, maybe Juan Ricardo, I think. Yeah, 29, yeah. 22. Not a Ricardo. dog has come within two lengths of that track yeah, record yeah. and the dogs that have gone to that track, yeah. Yeah. the best of the best of yeah. the last, you know, you're talking your Fernando Bales, you're talking your She's a Pearl, yeah. um, well, I guess recent C bias there um, and then obviously your Flying Ricardos and Tommy Shelby's even. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I agree with Tim that that records. What happened yeah. to Shaky Jakey? Well, he he was scratched. It was a three week maiden series. <laughs> he was scratched from the semi final the, the the next week, and the owners knocked at, knocked back a big 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 offer. <laughs> oh, there were reports of a million. I don't wow. know whether that's the truth or not. But we're talking now. I don't know what have to be 11, 12 years ago, thirteen mm. years ago now. Uh, anyway, he never had another run. He went. He, to, he, went he went straight to stud. Right. And, uh, look, he's had very, very moderate success. I've yeah. actually got a greyhound at home on the lounge, which is by Shaky <laughs> Jakey. He never made it on the racetrack. Oh, no. uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, so he, 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 was, he, he was freakish what he mm. did on that, that one and only run, but he never reproduced it because he never had another run. Yeah, it's the big what-if question, I reckon. Mm. And we're going to go look at another group, a couple other group ones, restricted group ones at Wenny Park next. But just before we do that, how does the, the group – Grouping system work in dog racing, sort of a bit like the pattern committee in, in horse racing. Yeah. Same thing? Group yeah, one, two, yeah, three? Yeah, group one, two, three, and then yeah. listed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty simple. Identical, really, the, uh, the thoroughbreds. So um, group one's the elite sprinters. Yep. Yeah. Or, or stayers. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to look at the national derby. So obviously in horse racing, derbies are restricted to three-year-olds. Fillies and colts can in, run in derbies. First mm. question is, can both bitches and dogs run in derbies? No. no. Right, They've only dogs. A, yeah, yeah, dogs in the derby, clearly, and, and the bitches in the, the futurity or the bitches races, yeah. 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 All right, so let's um, let's look at the national derby. Um, here we go. History's coming. Now, this bloke, he's a dead set weapon. Yeah. Um, he was awkwardly drawn in that race for what he does at the start. He's a very, very risky beginner, probably a poor beginner. And then he's a rocket. Uh, he ran an unbelievable early section and second and third sections as well um, there. Um, he'd been racing a bull eye prior before the heat uh, at Winnie Park and he was walking out. He'd come out a length behind them. But the, the track of Bull Eye, it's on a big one-turn track, would suit him because he could get mobile, a long run to the first turn. We went with Park's a different ball game. It's a short run to the first turn being two turns. Yeah. Um, and his run in the heat was a ripping run. But then when you did sat down and really looked at the form where they're all drawn, if he began like he normally did, mm. he would have been in a world of pain. Mm. But he came out beautiful and then... They couldn't match what he could run early. He, yeah. he, that, that is that is Group One speed. What yes. he's got. Yes. He rode that bump too. He yeah, that's, he accelerated yeah. off getting bumped, yeah. which you just never yeah. see. And I think the trainer he had a terrific night, Tom Rees, and he's a young trainer that's getting into it. He's seen him on the radar recently. He's been striking like thirty five percent, and what he's done with that dog's amazing to get that dog jumping like that on the big night considering how it started at bulleye mm. I, I was told after the race on saturday night i was at the track and they did say he was broken in and went with park which is breaking you know you're you pre-training before you have your first start so he'd had a lot of runs apparently at Wentworth right. park prior uh, and then all of his runs before the heat were at bulleye mm. on the big one turn so you know doing the form that's where you've got to be a bit careful too like as an analyst you'd be doing the form um for the derby, mm. for the heat heat night, and you go, oh, geez, he hasn't been. He, well, all the greyhound, all the trainers generally trial at a track before, but yeah. 
getting a bit more information on Saturday night. He, he'd done a lot of trialling at the track <laughs> in the Would early days. So he, he, <laughs> yeah. he knew what he was up, up for it when he parked. So uh, the trainer, he, he did all the groundwork early and it paid dividends. You know? So you think he can easily match it at open grade eventually? Uh, look, he would need to mend his box manners. What okay. he did on Saturday night, yes, but he can't – when you get in, up into elite grade, you can't mm-hmm. be – when you're a high-speed greyhound, you've mm-hmm. got a lead to win. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's a greyhound who wouldn't run many greyhounds down mm-hmm. in Group 1 company. Yeah. Probably you'd nearly say he, his run-home time was 11.8, which is only steady for Group 1 mm-hmm. at Wentworth Park. So you're not running too many greyhounds down at that level. So – He's got to mend those box draw uh, box manners. If he if he gets back to or beginning like that or can begin, you know, uh, just on terms, he's mm-hmm. going to be right in these races right up to his ears, particularly the upcoming Golden Easter Egg. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. he w- and Golden Easter Egg is obviously open company. Yeah, it and is. they can quickly rise to that level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He, he'll go now to the Bulleye Cup, yep. back to Bulleye, where he did all of his early racing on the big one turn track. That's in probably two or three weeks. Is that uh, open grade the Bull Cup? It is, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Then a Richmond Derby, which mm. is early early March. I don't know whether he'll go there. He might. And then after that, he'd definitely come back to Wentworth Park. Uh, the egg kicks off late uh, late March. Yes. So yeah. he has no doubt he'll if he if he's fit if he's fit and he's, he's sound and he's fit, he'll be back at Wenny. Fantastic. Let's move to the futurity. So the futurity is similar to sort of an oaks um, in horse yeah. racing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Only, only open to bitches. Yeah. And also the age that what's the age limit on the yeah. Both the Futurity and the Derby. They're whelped on or after October 1, 2021. So you could be up to, what, 20, 27 months okay. of age. Yeah, 27 and a half months. And there's age. a little bit of variance that around the different jurisdictions. Yeah, there Australia. is. Yeah, different yeah. races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's watch the Futurity. Now, the red here the was a greyhound I mentioned earlier. It was $8 into $2.50. And you'll see here... The reason why, box two, three, four. Have a look at this. And the front on vision, if we can have a look at it a bit later on, you'll see it gets a beautiful run up on the inside, two, three, four, all drifted up the track. It just wasn't good enough at the end of the day. But that's why all the all the all the smart punters found her. Look, she was too short at the end at two fifty, don't get me wrong. But four or five dollars and eight dollars she's well and truly. Um slate early, just she could never get get inside gets slate early, could she? She, well, she, she, she just couldn't run. catch it at the end yeah. of the day. There was plenty, plenty of room to get up there. But the week before, they, they ran one, two in their heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the red actually led the winner. And she run her down. Mm. So when she couldn't lead her then, she couldn't run her down. Mm. So the, once the white led, it was, it was a game, set, match. Mm. Uh, she, she's a greyhound by actually. She'll, she'll probably get better over, over a longer journey. Her mum, Poco Dorado, Hmm. raced over the 700 metres. She was a ripping dog. So she'll get better. She'll be a greyhound. will be racing over six and 700 metres later in her career. For sure. And what do you make of her as her sort of potential going forward? Well, she's jumped out of her skin in the last, well, two weeks, to be yeah. blunt. I think she was just, you know, uh, plugging away <laughs> and she's gone back to Wentworth Park and she's found a leg. So I think she's probably a greyhound the older she gets. The, uh, with maturity and racing, the better she's going to be. Yeah. Um, those traits of being a wide runner aren't going to be ideal in, in sprint racing moving forward. Yes. When she gets up in grade, you know, in the open age, that's where she might get found out a little bit. So yeah. um, I'd sort of just tread warily of that form. Yeah. Um, that was a race basically which was won. She won it at the start. She was able to hold the lead and it was all over. There was a greyhound there, Aunt Virginia. If moving forward, I think... 
she's a Victorian who came up for this uh, this series. Um, I think she's a greyhound you could probably follow. Jace. Full package, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, moving like her, forward. Her yeah. trial, she did it at both ends. Yeah. She, she, and the only problem with her, I guess, maybe looking forward to those big races is she hits a flat spot mid-race. Mm. I think it's fair to say, like, dogs that go at 540 and can only run 18 to the back, which is still really quick. Don't get me wrong. Wish I had a few of those in the kennel. Um, but you'd think she'd run 1780, but she's able to come home at 1150, 1160, which is yeah. really good. I think... Definitely one to follow. And I think the other thing I'll touch base on quickly in that race, probably punters, w- watch out for that one next start in the sense where it could potentially go around under the odds because it was so heavily backed. Yeah. Um, and the SP profile, the SP profile might yeah. be a little bit over the top. Yeah. So um, she had every chance there and you're not going to get many better setups than that. Obviously, she'll be back in the fifth grade or whatnot, but just be tread warily in case she goes up odds on or something. Mm. Yeah. And in horse racing, there's not a huge amount of difference between the sexes, you know. The and probably the best horses in Australia over the last couple of decades have been mares. Mm. What's the situation in uh, greyhound racing with the different sexes? Are they sort of? Oh, I, I think they're they're fairly fairly even. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had some great bitches over the years. You know, um, Fiona Bale comes to mind. Uh, she was a she was a unbelievable bitch. So yeah, you know, I don't think. It's fairly even, I think, when you look at over, yes. look through the history of greyhound race, yeah. racing. Yeah, mm. yeah, pretty similar. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that uh, review of all that kind of stuff. So part of the show is we're going to look at what's happening forward and the biggest race on the calendar coming up is the Gold Bullion up at um, Albion Park. I think it's next Thursday night, so what are we, sort of nine days away. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about what the Gold Bullion is and how you get into it? And we also had an interesting... Uh, match race over the weekend which we're going to look at with Jay's Jay Jay's Jay's probably one of the best dogs in the country won the million dollar chases we talked about yeah just give us a rundown on the, on the golden bullion uh gold bullions for the top 64 nominated greyhounds grading wise um that'll be as you said mentioned next Thursday um the heats are this Thursday fields haven't come out yet so um, just stay tuned on the den. I'll put some tips up there. Hopefully a few winners be nice. Um, as you mentioned, they run the golden ticket on Saturday. That was a postponed meeting from Thursday mm-hmm. uh, due to another absolute demolition job of rain. Um, yeah. That just sweeped away Albion Park for, I think, the second out of the third so week. So why don't yeah. we bring that that this match race up? you got Jay is Jay and you can Jay just Jay is Jay and um, he went against King of Aces here. So I'll just quickly run over the, the, the series. So it's a group three race, 40,000 to the winner. Um, 16 best nominated greyhounds, uh, four heats of four, um, was last week. The top two finishes out of those four heats raced on Saturday. Uh, they were split into two. Um, so the, the two slowest two, you know, just like these were the two fastest, um, qualifiers from the heats. King of Aces there, um, apparently went amiss, um, or something went wrong in the wash up. He's extremely talented. Um, whole litter is, but they're a bit injury prone. Jay is Jay, almost broke his own track record once again. Um, as we mentioned, we're talking off air with Tim. It's probably, oh, I almost have to agree, he is the best greyhound in Australia right now. And I think the thing I've noticed with Team Zamet, they've sort of changed um, his routine up a little bit. I think at the start of his career, no one was doubting his motor or his talent. It was just, it was a bit iffy at box rise. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now, um, he looks to be racing, racing on the fresh side, which I really like for a lot of greyhounds. Just jump in that little bit better. Um, instead of being that, you know, Albion Park 550, 560 dog, he can come out 550. Um, and same as Winnie Park, you know, he can come out 540 rather than being a 550 dog. And that's just pretty much elevated him because 
down the back straight. That's where the Group One dogs are made. Um, he's as good as anyone. Yeah. And so we'll record this show next Tuesday, which will be a couple of days before the Gold Bullion. So we'll have yep. all the fields will be out, and we can have a real good chat about it. Um, you're going to give us your set of tips now, and you did want yep. to. There's some heats of the Gold Bullion on Thursday night, which you wanted to include in your set of tips today, but they extend the nominations, which threw you out. So yes. you don't have any tips on the Gold Bullion. Can't right? no fields can't do tips, but you're going to put them up the den later on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so far away. So, and these tips are they for Thursday night? All of them? Are th- yes, Thursday night. Thursday at Hobart. Um, dug into the form, nice and early. Got to start off in race one, playing the three dog here, Kelleteer King. Uh, was very good on debut behind Buckle Up Alfie. Uh, he's since run and won over the five fifteen meters at Launceston. He's had a month off. He's trialed in nineteen ninety over this track and trip. Uh, drawn very well here in box three. There's two hit and miss beginners inside him. Moderate race, think you'll find the front and be very hard to run down. Head on to race two now, number one, Highgate Rosie. Uh, nice little bitch, building a neat record, has won two from six. Has run third to Whiskey Tycoon in 1967 over this track and trip. Uh, drawn superbly once again in the red. Slow beginner directly outside her in my girl, Tanika. Mm-hmm. Think she'll lead this field comfortably. The two is strong, but I don't think she's very genuine um, and she's probably got to get shuffled back too far. So I think she'll be very hard to run down. That's race two, number one, Highgate Rosie. And to round things off, race three, number one, Winburn Solstice. Uh, was heavily supported last week on debut in a heat of the Hobart Maiden 1000. Uh, she only stepped, stepped fairly from box four, which you just really can't do anywhere and doesn't matter what race, what grade or what track. Um and when she was making ground towards the home straight, she just got on the heels of leaders. She was very green. I think she is very genuine. Um, I think she'll take plenty of benefit from that race. She's drawn the red. Box two uh, just walks out of the boxes. Very strong late again. But again, I think Win- Winburn Solstice will be off and gone. So those are my three for Hobart. And, yeah, catch everything from Albion Park on the den. I'll put them up on uh, Thursday morning. That's the JC set. Unreal. Hopefully we can kick off three from three. It'd be nice. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, Tim, a couple of questions to finish off. So what, in your opinion, are the biggest Greyhound races of the year, the whole calendar year that, you know, punters watching this show and people like myself should start to focus in on and and learn a bit more about? Oh, from New South Wales buyers, uh, million dollar chase uh, for the sprinters run in October each year. Uh, Run on the Everest Eve, actually. Yep. and the 715 is uh, now that uh, million dollar chaser for these sprinters, 520. 715's the richest staying race in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's run at the Gardens in Newcastle, 500 grand of the winner. Yep. So uh, they're the two main races, big races here in, in, in New South Wales. But uh, a couple of years ago, they introduced the Phoenix, yep. which is an Everest style race, slot style race down at the Meadows, run just a couple of weeks before Christmas. Like it's been, it's been a, a huge. Huge success and what two or three runnings have they've had. So it's probably the other big race. You know, you've got your Melbourne Cups, Golden Easter Egg here at, at, at Wenny Park, which has run uh, what late March, early April this mm-hmm. year. So they're they're the they're the big ones. That's, I think you've got yeah. to look out for. Yeah, unreal. And last question: the three best greyhounds you've ever seen. Yeah, tough question. Um, <laughs> I mentioned her earlier. Uh, she's not number one, but she's in the top three. Uh, Fanta Bale. Yeah. I think she's underrated a bit. Um, she raced in, what, 2017, 2018. Uh, she won, I think, eight or nine group ones. But won them over the 500, the 600 and 700 metres. So she was versatile. Yeah. There's not too many greyhounds in the top 10 or 20 prize money earners who did that. Yes. Um, probably 
when really you go through, there probably isn't, but hasn't been one in the last sort of decade or two, to be quite frank. Uh, so she's right up there. Um, Brett Lee, mm-hmm. he's a grey and mm-hmm. won the Golden Easter again. I think it was 2001. Oh, he's a freak. He was an absolute freak. Um, he broke the world record at Angle Park uh, over the 5.15. They race over 5.30 now. Um, but, yeah, the, the the night he did that, it was just mm. astonishing performance. And then he came in and won the egg. I was actually at that egg. Um, so he's right up there. But number one, uh, Fernando Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to call him. Green light through for one of the world's greatest races. We're set and ready. Racing, Fernando Bale came out of the machine humming. He's charging to the lead, led by two to Dawkins Bale. Dinah Nico went to third, then zipping mid-run race spirit. A long way out of it, over limit, followed up by Dinah Double One. Recruitment at the tail, Fernando Bale, he is in the lead. He's ripping and tearing along, led by four to Dawkins Bale. Dinah Nico, but it's Fernando Bale, he is right in the zone. He won the egg in outstanding fashion. He won the Golden Easter Egg in 2015. Uh, so it was my first Golden Easter Egg I called. So it meant plenty to me. Um, he was good to me on the pun as well. But he, he was, he was yeah, he was a freak. Mm-hmm. He's just a brilliant beginner. Mm-hmm. Unleadable, basically. And would just run astonishing overall times. And they just couldn't run him down. He, he's another who won, I don't know, eight or nine group ones. 1.2, 1.3 million in prize money. He was the top prize money earner at one point, like Fina Bar was was too. But you know they they've been passed now with all these million dollar races. Um, on so uh, yeah, they're probably the top three. Honourable mention to Rapid Journey, who mm-hmm. was good in the late nineties. He was a he was a ripping great. He was, a, he was more of a real good race dog. Mm-hmm. You know he could he could take a run. He could be back in the pack, but he could still run him down. But yeah, Fernando would be number one, I think. Mm, unreal. And so you're in the privileged position of working for Greyhound Racing New South Wales, so you get to have a good look at how the industry's going. It couldn't be going better, is that right? Yeah, flying at the moment. Uh, last financial year, wagering-wise, $2.9 billion. Yeah. Uh, there was only one year high, which was the year prior, which was through the COVID and lockdowns where we were just over $3 billion. But, uh, yeah, we're $2.9 um, prize money records being set. Um Plenty happening here in New South Wales at the moment. We've got a couple of new track rebuilds at Taree and Lithgow coming. Mm. Actually, a big ready-to-race and puppy auction is going to be run at Richmond uh, in May. So if there is anyone out there looking to get into greyhound racing as mm-hmm. an owner, um, yeah, the, it'll be a huge day. So just keep an eye out for all of that information. It'll come out in the next, you know, probably four or five weeks of what's actually going to happen. But... Yeah, so plenty happening here in New South Wales. Never yeah. a dull moment, that's for sure. And the entry point for ownership of greyhounds is a lot less than Oh, horses, hey, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I yeah. heard a few uh, She's a Pearl pups might be going through the sales ring at Richmond, so yeah, okay. um, they might <laughs> drive the price up, so hopefully yeah. it'll be yeah. a good day. They yeah. are. They are. You've got to pay a lot more than what you did previously, but mm-hmm. you know uh, you can still get some, you know, for eight or ten thousand yes. day and age, which is which is peanuts when you're talk, comparing to the yeah. thoroughbreds. Yeah, well, you can get 20 percent share for one two thousand bucks. Yeah, exactly. Talking those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and what's what's a really expensive greyhound go for? You know, we had the Magic Millions. Two point one million was a top price. What's what's sort of the usual top price that uh, paid each year for a well? We have we, we probably haven't had a well we haven't had an auction for a couple of years. But mm. you'd be if a she's a pearl went around in an auction, you'd be talking, mm. I. Minimum thirty. Yeah, you'd be talking thirty to forty, I'd yeah. imagine. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that wouldn't be anywhere. The average will – oh, it's hard to guess what the average would be. But you'd be looking, you know, four, five, six, eight, ten thousand. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that would be that would be top price, I'd imagine. Mm. Yeah. Um, they have one at Ipswich every year also, and they've still been doing that. And that's probably averaged at around, I'd say, 6,000. But mm. definitely not the quality of – no disrespect to the Queenslanders. I love them. Most of my dog's up there. But not, not the quality of – the ones that mm. will probably go around the Richmond sales ring in you know, mm. June or July, whenever that might be. Mm. And you run a syndication business, don't you, Jay? So if people yeah, want to, try to get involved in a, in a modest way, <laughs> they can contact you. More, more of a breeding um, uh, little, uh, I guess, little side hustle now, I guess. Um, yeah, I've got a few brood bitches on season. Um, Road Home's one of them. Uh, beat oh, Rock's dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of a needle. Um, beat Tim's dog, or not Tim's dog, but Tim's namesake on debut. Um, so, so she's um, gone to Tommy Shelby and um, got a few pups at the breakers. So, yeah, definitely um, keeping things rolling. We've got um, probably our pride and joy, Dixie Gambles, racing on Wednesday at Albion Park in a golden oldies um, heat. So I think she'll be hard to beat um, tomorrow and I think she'll be hard to beat in the whole series. So she, she's won almost 30 races now and 120 grand. So she's been a, a good little bitch, um, no superstar, but just – you know, she's a Fernando Bale bitch and she's pretty much races like her dad, just a second slower. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Outstanding. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. We've got this show off to a great start. I really appreciate it, especially you, Tim, coming in. You're a busy man. You took some time out to, to come and help us all. So, um, No, it's been a pleasure, mate. Yeah, we're off to a great start, JC. Thank you very much. You'll come back next week. Yeah, sure will. Really enjoyed it, Rich. Unreal. And thanks for coming on, Tim. I really appreciate it. No, it's yeah. been a lot of fun, boys. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. We'll be back next week. Up the Dan. See you soon. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.